Thanks for listening to the City Collective Podcast. We hope that this message from Pastor Jason Charles and the City Collective team challenges and inspires you. Enjoy. All right, City Collective family, you're in for a treat this morning. We have the privilege of having Pastor Maurice Cox sharing with us. He's about to take it away, but we just wanted to make sure that you know how much we appreciate uh, both Maurice and Aisha. Yeah, it was. I was really sad that I didn't get to be a part of that call, but I'm more excited for everyone to see this message. Even just the first, I think it's 30 seconds. He has so much energy. Oh I am really excited for it. Yeah, it's going to be a blessing to our church, and I hope yeah. you are ready to lean in this morning. He's bringing the energy. He's bringing the excitement. He's bringing some bringing wisdom. Bringing the heat. It's going to be good. So lean in. Expect something good for your uh, for your home, for your mm-hmm. family this morning, and let's uh, let's listen together. Acts 4, verse 5 to 13. The next day, the rulers, the elders, and the teachers of the law met in Jerusalem. Annas the high priest was there, and so were Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and others of the high priest family. They had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them. By what power or what name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, If we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and are being asked how he was healed, then know this, you all the people of Israel. It is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which you must be saved. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished that they took note that these men had been with Jesus. Good morning, City Collective. I am excited to be with you. As you can see, I am pumped up. I don't even know why I'm pumped up. Actually, I do know why I'm pumped up. I get to be with you this morning. And as you can see, I am an extroverted Enneagram 7. And so do not try to, uh, you know, to just keep me down or harness all this energy because it's impossible. Okay. Well, listen, my name is Maurice and I am coming all the way from Boulder, Colorado. Wow. This pandemic has brought some tough times on all of us. This has actually been some of our toughest times as me and my family. But the silver lining, especially in church world, is that I can be in Canada without being in Canada. Moments like these bring a smile to my face because City Collective is a church that I love and from afar and a distance, I am a member, okay? I am a self-proclaiming member, um, but a little bit about who I am. Uh, my name is, like I said, my name is Maurice. I am married to an amazing woman named Aisha. Babe, if you are watching this, shout out to you. Thank you for all that you bring to my world, okay? My honey, my boo, you know, we use all sorts of terms like that uh, of endearment. Uh, but babe, I love you. I hope you're watching and just kind of click a like button, okay? Uh, but a little bit more beyond just that, uh, my life has been so radically changed and been in pastoral ministry for the past uh, eight plus years now, um, but been in Colorado for four of those years. Uh, I've been married for five years and I started out in student ministry. 
That is where my heart is. Shout out to the next generation who is going to change this world, okay? I love you guys so much. And I couldn't start this sermon, this moment, without actually doing what I did in student ministry. So two fun facts about Maurice. First and foremost, I am a twin. I'm a fraternal twin, because that was gonna probably be your follow-up answer, or your follow-up question, I should say. And he is a awesome guy. He goes to ministry in uh, Atlanta right now. Uh, I'm better looking and all that stuff, but don't let him know that, okay? Anyways, another part, fun fact about Maurice, is, number two, is that I love to roller skate. I'm talking about backwards and forwards roller skating. I'm talking about the four-wheel quads, not the inline skates. Uh, nothing against inline, but I believe, you know, four-wheel quads is a little bit better and a little bit more fancier, okay? Four-wheel quad skates, it's my hobby, it's my fast time, my pastime, not my fast time, my pastime, and I love to backward skate, forward skate, and not only that, I know I'm a big guy, I'm big in size, but don't get it twisted, I'm light on my feet, okay? I love it, and I don't just, uh, just skate, I love to dance and skate, okay? I'm talking about like Saturday Night Fever, John Travolta while I'm skating, okay? I love it, that's my pastime, and that's a little bit about me. Well, listen, about a year ago, I got a chance to meet a guy named Jason Charles. This man has been an amazing person to me. First time I met him, I knew two things, that I wanted him to be my friend, and that he was a man worth following. Immediately, right off the bat, fast forward to today, I a person that I call a friend and I follow from a distance. This guy is so awesome and I love his leadership skills. And City Collective, shout out to your leadership and your pastors, Jason and Adriana. Now, Adriana, I have not had a chance to meet just yet. My wife and I have put it on our bucket list. We want to come visit Canada. We want to come visit City Collective. And in that moment, we want to sit down and have a double date with all your leadership and all those things. Um, so I've yet to meet Adriana, but I know that she is the person who actually uh, makes Jason's life that much better and has made him a better person uh, from all the conversations that I've had with Jason. Uh, he just brings a smile to his face, and I'm so glad that that partnership is going forward, and I love all the things that's happening there. Uh, City Collective, if you love this sermon that you're about to see, that you're about to watch, go ahead and email Jason and just say, hire Maurice and Aisha, all right? I just want to get to Canada some way, somehow, all right? No, I'm just kidding, but we do need to make our way to uh, Canada some way, someday, okay? Last but not least, before I get started, City Collective, shout out to you. I watch many churches, I go to many places, I've been in ministry for quite some time, and you, your, you and your ministry, what's taking place there, the leadership, the worship, the community is not happening everywhere. So I hope that you don't take that for granted and know that you have something special because the world needs more churches like City Collective. And I'm so glad to know this community and I hope that this only grows into more richer relationships um, than what it is now. So I hope that this is something that's beneficial to you this morning. I'm gonna try my best to knock out this Acts chapter four, but I thank you a little bit about me, a little bit of thank you and uh, appreciation to your leadership, and a little bit of thank you and appreciation to you, City Collective, um, for this morning. This morning, I hope it's gonna be something that benefits you, and I thank you for joining me this morning. Well, as we continue this morning in the book of Acts, my responsibility this morning is going to be Acts chapter 4. And as I read chapter 4, it starts off as a continuation of chapter 3. So there is no me starting chapter 4, 
without making mention of chapter three. I know that you may have heard a sermon on this already, but to be integral to this moment, I actually have to make mention of what happens in chapter three. A quick note of how scripture is even written in the early days. Luke is the writer here. He does not sit down. No one does, but Luke in particular is not one who sits down and says, I want chapter one to be this, and I want chapter two to be this, and I want to title chapter three this. It's actually not written in that way, especially chapters three and four. It's a continuation. The story continues. So to really emphasize chapter four, I want to summarize chapter three. And the quickest way to do that and to be integral to that moment is two things. I see John and uh, I see uh, uh, Peter and John in this moment as they're walking into this moment of prayer. They're walking to the church to pray. And as they're walking to the church to pray, there's a man who is unhoused and poor on the side. And he's sitting there and the Bible says that he's crippled, he's lame, he cannot walk since birth. There's actually people who would pick him up and bring him to this place every single day so that he can ask for money. Peter and John on their way to their moment of prayer are met with an opportunity. The interesting thing in this story is that everyone was met with an opportunity, but Peter and John do something different. Peter and John look to this man as everyone is walking past him. Can you imagine that? Everyone is stepping over this man to go pray. And in this moment, Peter and John turn to this man, and the Bible says they intently look at him as he's asking for money, and they say, silver and gold we don't have, but what we do have, we'll give you. And what they simply offer this man is Jesus. See, they saw Jesus as something worth giving to humanity. This man is asking for something physical and they offer something spiritual. I don't wanna rush past that. I wanna to get to chapter four, but I have to make mention of this moment of these two men that are walking into prayer simply to go pray, but they're met with a Holy Spirit moment. And they turn to this man and they offer him Jesus. Can you imagine that? They, they offer something spiritual to a moment of something where this guy is asking for something physical. Could you think about your kids coming up to you and asking for cereal and they're saying, mommy, daddy, can I have some cereal, please? And you look in your refrigerator, there's no milk. And then you look at your cupboards and there's no frosted flakes or whatever that may be. Your next options, you're probably going to offer them, I don't know, maybe Pop-Tarts or uh, French toast or pancakes. Or is there some famous Canadian breakfast dish that I don't know about that you would offer them? But what you wouldn't offer them is Jesus. Not to guilt anybody or shame anything, but to just give a little context. And I'm not encouraging anybody to do that, especially as a person who doesn't have kids, because um, I think that'll probably go very wrong if you just say, all I have is Jesus, little Johnny. Uh, I don't know if that'll go right for you, but it gives some perspective as they offer Jesus. In this moment, this miracle takes place, but this miracle gets them into trouble. And this is what brings us into chapter four because they do this and it brings attention to who they are and what name they're walking in, that name being Jesus. So the high officials, the city, the, election, the elected officials of the day, they come to them and they say, you need to stop. And the message of Jesus actually spreads even further in this moment. 
And chapter four, as I look and I read it in its entirety, there's two words that stick out that I really want to emphasize this morning because I believe it's two words that are going to uh, apply to every single one of us. Those two words are ordinary and boldness. Ordinary and boldness. The first word being ordinary. The scripture says this right here in Acts chapter four, verse 13. The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in scriptures. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. Ordinary men who had no special training. Ordinary. Isn't it true the things that we view as ordinary are often things that we overlook? The ordinariness, I should say, of all of us are sometimes the very thing that we overlook. I can remember watching a show uh, that was here in the States. I don't know if it made its way to Canada or not, but it's called Pawn Stars. And, and it's this pawn shop that takes in all sorts of things and they return money. Uh, it's in Las Vegas and they're very famous and they're a special place that many people go to visit as a tourist. And every time I watch this show, there are people that would bring in average things, simple things, ordinary things. I remember a guy bringing in a piece of paper that was like ripped and talking about, yeah, this is like George uh, Washington's piece of paper from his journal. And he's just bringing it in. I'm like, what? All these things and every single time I concluded in my mind that they would get nothing for what they were bringing in. There was a show in particular that there was actual dinosaur set and a Lego set that this guy had brought in. A dinosaur set and a Lego set. And I immediately concluded, you're gonna get a couple cents for the Legos and probably a dollar for the dinosaur. And lo and behold, long story short, it was 50,000 for the Lego set and $80,000. Did you hear what I said, City Collective? $80,000 for this plastic T-Rex uh, uh, or whatever it is, this ordinary dinosaur set. And I made me think about this message that I'm speaking to you this morning, because what was ordinary was actually a value. An ordinary space that we all take up as people. We look at our ordinary side and don't, isn't it true that we often overlook the very thing that is ordinary? But I'm here to say that when it's ordinary and yet in the hands of Jesus, it's worth so much. My question to you, have you been overlooking the ordinary? Have you been overlooking the thing that you bring to the table, your passion, your personality, who you are as something that's just ordinary? Because my encouragement to you this morning would be the very thing that you've overlooked, the very thing that you would see as ordinary. The scripture says they were ordinary, but they were recognized as people who had been with Jesus. See, when we're ordinary, but yet we've been in God's presence, when we're ordinary, but yet we have centered the Holy Spirit as one to be a priority, as something to be recognized as valuable, then our lives begin to change in many ways. Our lives actually are transformed in so many ways, not only for ourselves, but those that are around us. Have you been overlooking the ordinary parts of your life? See, because I believe the ordinary thing that you see as uh, average, as see as simple, is the very thing that God wants to take and use for his glory. 
God took the ordinary part of Peter and John, and in this moment, they were able to speak to the city officials in ways that they never thought they could. They spoke in ways that they saw as just ordinary, but God used them in this moment. And the Bible says that even in the moment of persecution, even in the moment of them standing up against culture, thousands heard the message of Jesus and believed. This is what chapter four is all about. The ordinary things of life that Jesus takes and uses for his message. Don't overlook the ordinary because the ordinary leads actually to the second word, which is boldness. The Bible says this right here in Acts chapter four, verse 13. The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness. I want you to jump down to Acts chapter four, verse 29. And it says, and now, O Lord, hear their hearts and give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. Verse 31 says, after this prayer, the meeting place shook and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they preached the word of God with boldness. If you don't know anything about scriptures, you need to know emphatically that when you see something mentioned more than once, the writer is trying to press and emphasize something. And we see the word boldness mentioned three times in one chapter. Boldness three times in one chapter. I firmly believe as we look at this text, as we see chapter four, boldness is the characteristic that God wants to birth in every single one of us. See, when ordinary men and women center Jesus in their lives, boldness is birthed out of that moment. When we, as ordinary human beings, when we get together and we, ordinary people, in the hands of Jesus, is birthed boldness. And isn't that what we need in a time like this? Isn't boldness the very thing that brought us to this moment where we are as a Christian community? Boldness? Boldness is the very thing that I believe is a characteristic that God is birthing out of every single believer. When we look at the, the place in the world that we live in, it's boldness that we need. There's a man named Brian Stevenson who actually speaks to this a little bit. He's an activist here in the States. He's a lawyer and an activist, actually. He had an awesome opportunity of meeting Rosa Parks. If you don't know who Rosa Parks is, you got to go look her up because I don't have the time to give you context of who Rosa Parks is. But go look up uh, Rosa Parks. She was one who did some amazing activism in the 50s and 60s and all throughout her life. Brian Stevenson met Rosa Parks and he sat down with her and he began to tell her all the things that he was doing. He says, I'm trying to end mass incarceration. I'm trying to bring equity to uh, racial injustice. I'm trying to, you know, do all these things as it relates to uh, human trafficking and all of these things. And he starts to list every single thing that he and his company was doing. And at this moment, Rosa Parks looks to him and says, mm, mm, mm. child, you're going to be tired, tired, tired. And there was another woman that was sitting right there next to her who was also an activist. And she looked at Brian Stevenson in his eyes with her finger pointing at him and said, that's why you're going to have to be brave, brave, brave. 
if I could use that story for this moment, I believe the season that God is calling the church into is a moment that we're going to have to be bold, bold, bold. Boldness is mentioned three different times. And I know, and as I see this scripture, City Collective, the world that we are living in is going to require boldness. Now, maybe you're sitting there and you're thinking to yourself, well, I'm an introvert or that's not my personality or that's not my characteristic or no matter where you are, no matter what your background, I don't know if you're, what your Enneagram number is, what your Myers-Briggs, your personality test, no matter what it is, let me tell you, your gospel test results are you as a person full of boldness. It may be something that you have to pray about. It may be something that you have to mine for. It may be something that you have to bring out of you. But this is a season and moment that ordinary people who are filled with Jesus are going to have to walk in boldness. Ordinary people filled with the spirit of Jesus are going to have to walk in boldness. Now, I don't know what boldness looks like for you. Boldness may look different in your life than it does in mine. I don't know what it looks like as it relates to your workplace or as it relates to your school or as it relates to your friendships or your, your family members. I don't know what it looks like, but boldness is something that I believe all of us have to do, take some inventory on our lives and see, are we walking in that? City Collective, as we move forward in the book of Acts and we move on from this moment, do not skip past chapter four, which emphasizes ordinary people who are walking in boldness. And how does that happen? Because the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is desiring to birth something out of this moment in the book of Acts. And I believe is trying to birth in something in us in this season. As we look at our world, as we look at what it ought to be, and we see that it's not quite there just yet, I believe this is a season that boldness is required. When we see injustice, when we see racial inequity, when we see all of the things in our world, it's gonna require some boldness, some bravery, some courage. And the beautiful thing about it all is that the Holy Spirit brings that. See, when we said yes to Jesus, the Holy Spirit entered our lives and a part of the Holy Spirit was boldness, this space to be courageous, to leave the comfortable, to move on from that thing that keeps us and holds us back because it's safe. Let me tell you, City Collective Church, the gospel of Jesus was not something to come and bring you comfort and safety. It's actually a countercultural thing. It's actually something that brings a little bit of radicalness to your world to say, don't let the status quo remain. And that changes because ordinary people who center the Holy Spirit as their priority walk in boldness. Let us, as we read the continue, as we continue to read the book of Acts, never forget these two words of ordinary and boldness. I want to end on one thing, because as I see this scripture and as I see Peter praying for boldness, I see it as something that was a part of his spirit, was a part of his aroma. I remember growing up and I remember eating fish. I love fried fish. Stereotypically coming from LA, I love some fried fish, okay? I'm a black brother who loves some fried fish. I know fried chicken is usually a stereotype, but I'm one who loves fried fish, okay? Me and my family, we would always go after track practice. My dad would take us and we would always eat it. And I would 
douse it with hot sauce. Once again, stereotypical, all right? Don't judge me. And don't give me anything about no gluten-free and non-GMO. You gotta try it, it's really delicious, okay? But as I end this sermon, it reminds me of how we would come home and my mom would be at home and she would be waiting on us to come and we would all come in and we would throw out the food before we got home and then we would come in and she said, you guys smell like fish because we had been with fish. A simple analogy to simply make the point. When we are with Jesus, people will know the aroma and the scent of boldness. See, the Bible says that they were not only ordinary men, but they were also ones that they recognized who had been with Jesus. Have you? Have you been with Jesus lately? Have you taken a moment to pause and to just be in his presence? Because when we leave his presence, the same way that we left the fish place that I used to go to, there's an aroma. There's a scent that we carry. There's a, 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 a essence that comes around us. And the expression of that essence is boldness. City Collective, will you pray with me as we enter into a moment to know that ordinary people can live bold lives? Father, thank you for not only sending your son Jesus, not only leaving your spirit, your Holy Spirit with us, but empowering us, equipping us to be bold in the face of opposition, in the face of persecution, in the face of culture. This is our mission, this is our calling, and you've equipped us. And we thank you and we pray that your message continues to spread. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thanks for listening to the City Collective Podcast. We hope you enjoyed that message. Please subscribe to stay up to date with every weekly message. For more information on City Collective, please visit www.citycollective.com. Or if you're in the greater Vancouver area, come visit us for a Sunday. You can find more about our church and how you can get involved with what God is doing in the Lower Mainland. Have a great day.